0: Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, Mom. How are you? Hi, Ellen. I'm good. Mom and I are like actually sitting in front of each other. This is actually kind of weird when we do it this way. Staring (laughs) deep into each other's eyes. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little weird. Um, So today we're going to be talking about Bittersweet by Serena Bowen, and later we are going to be talking about settings in romance. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? I've been
1: reading quite a bit, but not as much as you.
0: That's right. I win this time. That hasn't
1: happened in a long time. Well, I've been hooked on the Mallory Anderson series by Joanna Lindsay. And last time we talked, I was in the middle of Say You Love Me, which Mm -hmm. is, I don't know, the fifth book or something.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So I finished Say You Love Me.
0: It was actually it was nice of you to actually come prepared this time with the with <laughs> Mom is giving me a very rude gesture. I would never do with that. A so certain, you, with <laughs> a certain finger, and it's not her index, and it's not her ring, and it's must, not her pinky, and it's she's not between. giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> but somewhere in between those. I would
1: never do that, so yeah, you're lying. That's right. Then I read the present. Uh-huh. Then I read a loving scoundrel.
0: Okay.
1: Then I read *Captive of My Desires*. Mm-hmm. Then I read *No Choice But Seduction*. Oh, no choice. No choice. There's no None other other whatsoever. That is the only choice. <laughs> then I read *That Perfect Someone*, and now I'm in the middle of *Stormy Persuasion*, which Ooh. is the Judith book. Um, and then. In the middle of those somewhere, I read Bittersweet. <laughs> and I want to read the rest of those series, but someone's using them on my Kindle, so I
0: can't. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, I I win this time. This you really do. hasn't happened in a long time, well, where no. I've read more books than you. So I'm really happy with myself. I'm happy with myself. <laughs> um, I read Magic of You by Joanna Lindsay, which is the book that follows Gentle Rogue. Um, Mom wanted me to read that one because she really liked the girl. Amy. I like Amy. And she is really funny. Um, Then I read most of Cocktails by the Cocky Collective, which was the book that Penny Reed helped put together. Um, It's basically an assortment of either kind of just short stories or kind of exclusive deleted scenes from other books that these authors have written. Um, It's a lot of fun. Even uh, like when I wasn't familiar with an author, um, if it was like a prequel or um, just a short story, they were just fun. A lot of them are very sexy because I feel like, you know, they're like, I've got 20 pages to wow people. So, sex, of course. <laughs> um, so, there's a lot of sexy times in there if that's if that's what your jam is. Um, then, I read Beautiful Bastard by Christina Lauren and Beautiful Stranger by Christina Lauren. Somebody warned us and said mom would not like them because of the... Um, and there is a lot of that in the, in these books. A lot of it. To the point where I don't think you would enjoy it.
1: Okay. But. But.
0: Sometime when I'm feeling saucy I might want to just crack go. one of those open. <laughs> um, then like last weekend, I fell into a deep Kennedy Ryan coma, where I just read, like, Kennedy Ryan books. I read Long Shot, which currently is the first and only book so far, but she's gonna have, um, other books come out. Um, that book was, it hit me, her writing is very intense. There's a lot of very intense things that happen in her books. Um, uh, there's definite trigger warnings in her books. I think I'm going to try and talk Mom into doing Longshot. There's things that Mom's not going to like in (laughs) Longshot. But I think it's a really good book, and I think that she brings a voice to the romance genre that a lot of people think is missing. And I think she does a really good job of lending that voice to the genre. Um, Both with that book and Flow and Grip and Still which are three different books. Flow is the like first prequel and then Grip is the first full-length novel and then Still is kind of the follow-up. And both all three of those books follow the same couple. And it's a mixed race couple. Um she is white and he is African American and um there was just really interesting things that she talked about in with that relationship, that I and in the final book, I openly sobbed. Like I cried a, quite a bit in long shot, but I wept in still like hardcore. It was, I was a mess. Um, and then I finished listening to Marriage for Inconvenience because I've been doing that. And then I read Bittersweet for this podcast. And spoiler alert, I liked it enough that I read Steadfast and Keepsake, and I'm on Bountiful, all of which are written by Serena Bond. So, that's been my, my binge over the past couple weeks. I don't know how I found the time, but I've read a lot of books. So that's what I've done. It's a lot of reading. You read a lot. I did. Thank you, Mom.
1: <laughs> I didn't say it was good to read. <laughs>
0: I'm taking it as a compliment. <laughs> a com-
1: okay, so it's not sad in any way no. that you were able to read that many books.
0: I, having a social life is not important. <laughs> um, so today, as we've mentioned, we're going to be talking about Bittersweet by Serena Bowen. Um, it is the first book in her True North series, of which there are currently five books. There's like a sixth book, I guess, that's been announced, but I don't know who it's about. It's probably out there somewhere who it's about. Um, listener Jennifer recommended this series to us probably because we have been pretty vocal about our love for beardy, outdoorsy types. Yeah? Yeah. Mainly because of one series in particular. <laughs> um, mm. now in thinking about what I could do for a description for this book, really this book could be summed up with one word. Do you have a guess what that word is?
1: Bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> With one word. I don't know what's your word. Cider.
0: <laughs> they talk about cider a lot in a this lot. Book. They do. Um, but I'll go into a little bit more detail than that. After the death of his father, Griffin Shipley became the patriarch of his family and owner of his family farm in Vermont, where they grow apples, milk cows, and press, you guessed it, cider, cider. Um, when his old college hookup Audrey Kidder shows up trying to buy up his produce at a reduced price on behalf of her evil corporate overlords. Griff is hesitant to get in bed with her in the business sense, but less hesitant in the literal sense. <laughs> is this the real description? No, I wrote this! <laughs> That's good. That's good. In, is there more to this former sorority girl who now has dreams of being a chef? And as Audrey quickly falls for Griff's family, she may be falling for the Grumpy Beardy Farmer as well. But is she ready to sacrifice her restaurateur dreams? Mom, what did you think of Bittersweet? (laughs)
1: Well, first of all, you should write
0: jacket covers for all these books. Thank you. I was pretty proud of that. Get in bed.
1: (laughs) Well done, Ellen. Um, I really liked this book a lot. cool. Okay, and do you want me to expound on it? Sure, expound. Why? (laughs) I loved it. I loved him. I loved Grumpy Griff, and I loved. Me too. (laughs) I loved her. I thought she was cute and perky and sassy, and Mm -hmm. um, I loved his family. I loved everybody Mm -hmm. that worked there. I Mm -hmm. loved the characters in this book. I loved. uh, It was just everything that we love in a romance novel.
0: Yep. Um, Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see why it was recommended to us, because yes. it's got all, all the things that we love. Um
1: I will say, because Ellen started reading this book, like, a day or so before I did. Mm-hmm. So she was a few chapters ahead of me, and she kept saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because <laughs> she knew I was, like, closing in on. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. But it wasn't that
0: bad. It wasn't
1: overly sexy. You just didn't like the talk. The dirty talk during the sex.
0: Griff, bless his heart, is (laughs) Griff of the Dirty, Dirty Mouth. (laughs) He says some things where I was just like, oh my gosh, my mother is reading this Griff. Stop!
1: (laughs) I didn't Um, mind it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so this book was an interesting process for me. So, I was coming off of these Kennedy Ryan books, which are pretty, like, (laughs) this book is taste very differently than a lot of other books and we're going to talk about this a little bit when we get into my questions as well. So, I think it took me a while to get into the like the rhythm of this book. Um but in the end, I think I liked that about it. Um but so that took me a second. Um now my my nitpicky things before we We get into the questions that I came up with. Um, Mom knows this, but I initially hated that he called her princess all the time until... Until. And I even texted you. I said, and I just read why he calls her princess and you're not going to hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. Um, (laughs) Because uh, I don't know if we've talked about how we're super nerdy. I think we've mentioned it. Have we? Okay. <laughs> um yeah, we're pretty nerdy in our family and we love Star Wars and guess who also we loves do. Star Wars? Grimm. griff Yes, he loves it. And he calls her and somebody finally like Zara, I think calls it out and is like, "You realize like why he calls you that, right?" It's because he imagines himself as Han Solo. And, and Han Solo calls Leia princess, and she always thought he
1: called her that because she was like a sorority brat in college, yeah, and
0: like kind of a rich girl. Um, so yeah, when that was revealed, I was like, okay, wait, I'm on board. Never mind. <laughs> um, and then because he always
1: calls Zach Chewy, and Zach yeah, always calls him Han. Han,
0: yeah, which was also cute. They're always quoting like, and he refers to her evil corporate. Bosses is like the Death Star. The Death already. Star is calling. Yeah. Um Guess who my favorite character was in this book? Well, when when mom was starting this book, I was like, guess who I love? The grumpy well, you love beardy grump- hero.
1: You love grumpy beardy heroes. Yeah, I mean
0: and she calls him Grumpy Griff. Yeah. And so I was on board with him like from jump because I don't know why, and Mom, I was talking to Mom, I'm like, I need to, like, diagnose why I am this way. Why? Well, we talked about it a little bit. We did
1: have a little bit of an intervention. Okay. But we've decided that it's because when you're reading these novels, you usually get to see inside them. And so they're not just grumpy for the sake, because they hate the world and they're grumpy about it. Yeah. But they usually, there's, like, some soft side to them that...
0: Because I don't think in... Real life, I go for guys that are grumpy, like in any way. So, anyway, that's that's a weird thing about me. Um, and then I'm bringing, one of them. I'm bringing one of the weird things about you. One, <laughs> there's others. <laughs> there's a list. We can whole, we dedicate a whole <laughs> episode to that. Um, and then I'm bringing some future knowledge because I think my opinion is like somewhat colored from the other books that i read in the series. But I love all the family and, like, the side yeah. characters. Um, like, I loved them in the first book, but you really... You guys, like, if you care at all about Zachariah, you have to read his book because he is just the sweetest. Okay, don't say anything else because I haven't read the books yet. I know, but oh my gosh. Oh, he's so cute. You <laughs> have to point out that
1: Ellen and I share a Kindle account.
0: yeah,
1: And... So it's very difficult for us to be reading the same book at the same time because then it's the Kindle... trying
0: to like sync up. Yeah. The Kindle keeps saying, do you want us me to go to your... For this... You could... I finished them pretty quickly though. You could have been reading them, but I you wanted be. to read the joint. I Entity just wanted series. to get through with the series so I can yeah. delve so into that series. don't blame this on me. I'm totally going to blame you. Okay. Um. So here are my questions. Okay. I saw some reviews that mentioned they could not finish this book because they felt like nothing was happening, kind of referring to what I was with the pacing. And I guess I could see where they were coming from. How did you feel about, did the pacing ever get to you at all? It, I didn't even notice it.
1: So I don't know if this is a thing, I don't know, maybe your generation just wants things to be moving along quicker. I loved it, and I think part of it is it goes along with that whole kind of laid back country image
0: Mm -hmm. that the book is trying to portray Um, and I think that's why I say like I inevitably liked that about it because you know I think it's like I was saying I was coming off those other books which were moving out a little bit faster clip um, and then this book is not and yeah I think in the end I was just kind of like okay, yeah, this is how things are... I don't think you could call it a slow burn, though, because they ended up hooking up pretty quick. No, and they have sex at, like, 25%. Yeah.
1: So, So, um... But it's just that their relationship kind of didn't... She had some uh, doubts about the relationship because she had uh, career goals that she Mm -hmm. was trying to push forward and Mm -hmm. didn't want that relationship to ruin her career goals. But I like the way it all played out, and it didn't really destroy her career
0: goals. Yeah. Um so after now reading books two and three and starting four, I'm now starting the fourth book, I will say in hindsight that this book suffers a bit from the first book book-itis. Where, you know, I think and I think that's part of the some of the pacing problems that I felt as well, is just that they've got a lot of characters, she's got a lot of characters she wants to introduce for the whole series. Um, and, did you get that at all? Well, I loved his
1: family and I loved all the side characters, so I didn't hate that they were introducing all those characters. It was a little bit of a, um, first book, probably thing, where they're trying hard to, like the whole thing about bringing Jude in and and giving his, a little bit of his backstory and, and, um, Zachariah's backstory. Mm -hmm. Um, keeping track of all the family members is always a little tricky when there's so many of them
0: less Uh, so than the last book we read Gentle, like I was able to keep them them straight (laughs) in this book more than I was in Gentle Rogue
1: but I love his family and that's a huge part of her coming into it though because that was one of the things that kind of brought her in is she loved his family and didn't want to hurt his family or disappoint his family
0: it's got a little touch of um, the like while you were sleeping thing that I love that we talked about when we were talking about while the Duke was sleeping, which is, I the like, the main thing that I've always loved about while you were sleeping is how she, like, falls in love with his family, kind of, even before she falls in love with either of right. the brothers, right? Um, and how that's kind of a big thing for her. But I also no, think... That would never happen to me in real life, because um- everyone. <laughs> She just flipped me off I again. Did. <laughs> I <had> shush
1: you! <laughs> this is why we can't do the podcast together. <laughs> um, Faults. Everyone would fall in love with your family before they'd fall in love with you. Thanks. <laughs> no, I think that because the funny thing is, is she kept saying, "I just love his family so much." Like way before she could say. She, Tell him that she loved him. Yeah. she was. She knew she loved his family. She was
0: always so embarrassed, like after they had sex, because she's like, I can't look his family in <laughs> the eye.
1: They can't know that what I've done to their son. <laughs> we had dirty, dirty
0: sex. Yeah, they did. Um. So, my next question. You kind of mentioned this already, but what did you think of Audrey? I will say, this is reflects kind of poorly on me, but going into it, I was slightly judgy of like. Oh, gosh, she's, like, a blonde, beautiful... (laughs) They always are. I know. uh, (laughs) Like, former sorority girl who's had a lot of things handed to her. But Griff kind of has some moments where he's thinking that as well. And I like that... um, I kind of liked her arc of, you know, she's like, yeah, it took me a while to figure out what I was good at. And I think part of that is probably because she had things kind of given to her when she was younger but that she kind of had her own journey of figuring out you know what she was good at and what she wanted to do
1: and I and her process through the book where she's working for this corporation and is just fighting tooth and nails to keep her job and and that was really all that was important to her and then realizing that These guys are scumbags, and I don't want to work for them. Yeah, and
0: and she realizes, you know, she forms actual relationships, not just with Griffin's family, but, like, with a lot of the other farmers that she's working with and kind of trying to get them a fair shake. Right. You know. And she hates that
1: this corporation is not just hurting Griffin's family, but all the families that she's met and all the farmers that she's worked with.
0: So. Yeah. So. I will say, I, you know, I was slightly judgy of her, but I liked that the author, Serena Bowen, um, and kind of just the story in general, kind of, you know. Well,
1: and I think that that was the part of the storyline was, was her journey from, you know, wanting this woman of the world kind of thing to just, no, I just want the simple life. I just want.
0: Yeah. That she wants those simple things. Um... This is another example of something we have talked about before, where there is not much internal conflict, but this is a rare example when even the external conflict was fairly minimal. What did you think of how that played out? Well, I think that... Because they
1: fell for each other pretty...
0: Yeah. I mean, they had... So they had this previous sexual history, right? Where right, they in college. He kind of had a crush on her in college, um... And then they hooked up a couple times, but but then nothing really came of it.
1: And she had insecurities about that. I mean, she didn't realize that he really liked her. He just, she just, and, you know, she wasn't sure how she felt about him because she thought he was just like a rebound after she'd just broken up with her boyfriend in college. And, um, so kind of dealing with those feelings and then realizing that he really was kind of crushing on her.
0: Yeah. In like an actual way.
1: Yeah. But, um... sorry, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the internal-external conflict. Okay. Um, But the external conflict of her job and and, um, the things that they were trying to get her to do and the sleazy, underhanded things they were playing, um, I thought it played out well, and I thought it made her realize, I thought that that is what pushed forward her realization of, I don't want to be part of this world. I don't want, even though this little carrot that they're holding in front of me seems like all I ever wanted it made her realize I don't want to deal with those people I don't want to be in that I don't that want world. to get what
0: I want like through those means yeah. right through like having to go their route I just thought it was this one was interesting because I mean yeah there wasn't there was some like hesitancy on both of their parts in the internal capacity you know she's got these kind of insecurities and he's got his own stuff as well so but they overcome those pretty quickly and then even the external conflict you know at one point she had worked out this deal for his com- for his farm that the company she was working for was going to buy all this cider from him and then it find- they, she finds out they find out that um, the company is like backing out of that deal and she's just like Distraught, right? Because she feels awful that you know they've totally screwed him over, and and he obviously is also upset. But he's never really upset with, with her. her. It takes him a second to like However, get rid of the anger. That's
1: the exact kind of thing, though, that we would usually say. Why would he be mad at her? He would have to realize this no, wasn't her
0: fault. And that's what I'm. I'm listen. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like um, I just thought it was interesting, and I think this is kind of going along with the pace that I was... There's not, like... There's not a whole lot of conflict that they, like, super... There's not some, like, big thing that they have to overcome. overcome, In their relationship. Yeah, either internally or externally. Well, other
1: than her moving from the city to Vermont.
0: Yeah. But even that, like I said,
1: like... Well, and that's the other thing where his family really kind of... Because whenever he would call home and say look, this just happened, and his mom was like, you need to go back and talk to her, because yeah. is she okay? Is she okay with, and um, so it was just kind of his family pushing yeah. him forward.
0: Yeah, so I'm not I'm not saying that any of that's bad. It was just kind of.
1: I didn't have any problems with any of it. You're just being that picky and ornery.
0: Well, somebody's got to. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have anything to talk about.
1: I I loved it and I loved how it all came out
0: and I loved yeah. His family. <clears throat> so um what did so we kind of already touched on this. What did you think of the sex scenes and Griff's dirty dirty mouth?
1: <laughs> well it didn't bother me as much as it seemed to bother you.
0: <laughs> Listen, this is I was telling mom, I'm like, I've read books way worse than this, that. I don't, like, bat an eye at because you're not reading them with me. But then I read these books, and I know you're going to be reading them, I'm like, oh, stop talking that way. (laughs) What way, Ellen? (laughs) can't even repeat it. (laughs)
1: Because I'm sitting here staring you in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I didn't think it was that bad. It was, you know, me. I just kind of think it's funny, but... (laughs) It's was. funny that you're going. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> and I I'd mean, say, what's the matter, Ellen? What's Luckily, matter? there wasn't any anal. Right? We've right. talked about this before with the hookup. <laughs> like it didn't. It didn't ever get to the point. No, but, chapter eleven. Yeah, <laughs> but, but there was. Um, there was uh, some very direct talk about. Um,
1: and it didn't really describe the sex that, I mean, overly much, but it, it was, I mean, was just his dirty yeah, mouth. Oh, but Griff. sometimes you just got to talk a you little know, dirty. Just, uh,
0: Get like the very, motors running. Very direct commands um, <laughs> for, for blowjobs and things like that. It <laughs> was and, very um, uh, commanding with her. Yes, very vocal about what he wanted um, in the bedroom. Yes. And she was very vocal in her uh, affirmations of... Uh, that she liked. she liked the things that were happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that, that was what happened there. Um, what was your main takeaway from this book? And what did you pick up on as the message?
1: <laughs> Do these have messages? Yes, <laughs> so Mom. My main takeaway from this book is that I really want to go to Vermont in the yeah, fall. Yeah,
0: we were talking like, okay, so there's this place that we used to go to that's kind of local to where I grew up. That is, like, apple orchards, mm-hmm. and it really made me want to go there. <laughs> it made me think about that place, too. It's yeah. funny that you would talk about
1: that, because it's the same setup where people can go pick their own apples. Yeah, you know, they've yeah.
0: got apple cider and apple donuts mm-hmm. and all apple that. Pie and, yeah, and it's um, kind of, like, the fall destination. But I go
1: there all the time. Yeah, I want to go to Vermont.
0: Yeah, Mom and I were talking, like, we should do, like, an East Coast um, romance bucket list getaway where we go to Tennessee and look for Winston Brothers <laughs> we go to Vermont and look for Shipley like,
1: hypothetically we know they're not real people yeah but we do uh, just want to go you know maybe run into a few bearded punks <laughs>
0: maybe find like a Friday night jam session right um in Tennessee yeah, eat coleslaw go yeah go <laughs> to um go to an apple orchard in Vermont what yeah. are what are other places we need to hit
1: up we want to go to a bakery in Tennessee and see if they have banana cake
0: yeah Mainly just those two series. We're mixing genres. I mean, We're mixing <laughs> authors here. Yeah. Um, now, what was it? Because, you know, Mom is here with me. So we've talked about this book a little bit ahead of time. But we had talked previously about, um, like, with this book, it kind of seemed like, because we talked about there not being, like, a whole lot of external conflict or internal, but just that, you know, in real life, you kind of just take things as they come. And it's not, you know, things don't have to be deal breakers all the time like right. they often are in in romance novels,
1: right? Right, and and um, I liked her process of figuring out, you know, well, like I said, this life looked like the shiny apple that she really wanted to have, but then she realized, I don't want that shiny apple anymore. I like this shiny apple over here that's a real shiny apple
0: <laughs> maybe not very perfect because you know right. we're not using pesticides to uh that was a big deal in this book organic very, farming organic farming was a huge deal in this book <laughs> um so yeah so that's kind of what i was getting out that question and you didn't pick it up sorry and sorry i was disappointed then. i can't ever remember what we talk about thanks <laughs> um so I've read, like we said, more of this series. But whose book, Mom, are you most excited to oh, read? I'm really looking forward to Zacharias.
1: Mm-hmm. I love Zacharias. He's such a
0: freaking sweetheart. <laughs> he is
1: such a sweetie. And in this book, um, they talk about him being a virgin because he was raised in a like, cult.
0: Like polygamous cult.
1: In Texas. And um, so he's never experienced the joy of sex.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I wonder if anybody's going to teach him. I bet someone <laughs> has to teach him. He has to learn somehow. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me anything. I got my The um So I'm really looking forward to reading Zachariah's book, yeah. and I like that trope of the guy's the virgin. And you don't hardly ever see it, especially yeah, if you read ha- um, historicals. It never happens. They've always had sex with a million women, um, yeah. but it seems like the first time with the girl that they're in love yeah, with. <laughs> but um, so
0: anyway, I, I do like that trope, though of. He's a sweet little virgin and she has to teach him. Yeah. Um, and that's a good one. Also, Jude's book is second, and his is also very good. And they talk a lot about, um, so he's, you know, a former drug addict. Drug addict, and he's kind of recovering. Um, and that was interesting because it's not um it's not a hero that you see very often. At least I've never read that. Um, maybe like a recovering alcoholic I've read before. But anyway, um, so I really liked that book as well. And um I will say I really liked Bittersweet. But thus far, it's probably like my least favorite of the series. Like I I really liked like I while I liked Bittersweet, I loved um Keepsake and Steadfast. I think those are the names that I'm getting right. Um, so that's kind of where I am. Okay. So Um, if you even remotely liked bittersweet, I highly recommend continuing on with the series. I do like bittersweet and I will continue on with the series. (laughs) Yeah, you will. Um, so any other thoughts on your part?
1: Um, no, I really liked it. I thought it was well. Thank you, Jennifer. My getting that name right. um for recommending recommending it because we really liked it and it it's perfect ellen loves the grumpy guys and we like the beards and we like a grumpy
0: guy who likes star wars like yeah yeah it's a win-win i need to fly to vermont right now (laughs) just in hopes that there's another one he's already got a (laughs) girl i know i said in hopes that there's another one and in hopes that they're real um so those are our thoughts on bittersweet by serena bowen We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, Goodreads Group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMomsRom, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you on June 25th. We will be discussing Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean. (laughs) Yay! It is the first book in her new Bare Knuckle Bastard series, and it actually doesn't come out until June 19th, so we have a very quick turnover for this book. Mm. Um, So we're not giving everyone a lot of time to read along, but we're really excited to talk about a Sarah McLean, um, who we've mentioned a lot on this podcast, because technically it was one of Mom's, like, entries. It was
1: my first one I listened to.
0: Was it? Was that the first one? i couldn't remember if tessa dare no tessa dare that's right we were listening to the we listened to one tessa dare and then we and then we started listening to all of the um that series that fallen angel series which i know that's not what it's called but that's what i was referred to it as um but anyway we love sarah mclean so and we're really excited to talk about that book um so for now we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll be talking about settings in romance So stay with us. So we're back for our little break segment. Um we thought for today we would just do a little housekeeping because guess what? I actually like prepared and we have our whole lineup for the summer prepared. But first, so if you're laying on a beach and you want to read along with us, yeah. You you we you can be prepared. I've, I've got you covered. Um but first we wanted to just throw some mentions out to some people that we we got some little Treats from, so Nara Melissa who uh, told a sweetheart she comments to a lot of stuff. So much love, but she threw us another uh, Rumi's casting suggestion. Yeah, and it was a good one. And it was a really good one. Um, she suggested Jack Rayner for um, Believed in Rumi's, and he would be fantastic. If you've seen Sing Street, he's the older brother. brother in that, which I love Sing Street. If you have not seen that movie, I highly recommend. Um, but very Irish. Um, he he's adorable. Yeah. Adorable. And he's got kind of a baby face. So even if he's too old, like yeah. I think he could still do the lead pretty well. So that, that was a great call. I, yeah. I feel like she wins. Yeah. The She's, casting game. So we're down to Colin O'Donohue who kind of is a little, yeah, but I love him so much. But Jack Reiner would be really good. He would be really good. Um, And then we also got a um, Facebook post from Tasha who recommended that we read The Countess by Lindsay Sands. Tasha, I've got some good news for you (laughs) because um, here is our lineup for this summer. So as I mentioned on June 25th, we're going to be talking about Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean. So we're excited about that one. July 9th, we're going to talk about Wanderlust by Sarah Blakely, which was recommended to us because, on the audiobook, Richard Armitage does the male POV. Oh my gosh, and we just saw Ocean's 8, Yeah, and he's in that, and he
1: is, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, like, that cast was great, of all the ladies, great, but we were most excited to see Richard Armitage i would pay the money to
1: see that just to watch richard Arnold. Um, i'd watch. i'd listen to him read the phone book
0: so we're excited to you know read and listen to wanderlust, wanderlust. by lauren blakely on july 23rd we're gonna be talking about the countess by Lindsay sands which um this is the book that tasha recommended to us and the the synopsis sounds bananas so i'm excited for that <laughs> Um, On August 6th, we're going to be talking about The Hating Game, which I'm really excited for Mom to read. That's by Sally Thorne, as I'm sure all of you know, because most everybody, I feel like, has read The Hating Game at this point. And then we're going to round out the summer on August 20th by reading Flowers from the Storm by Laura Kinsale, which is kind of a classic of the genre, um, but a blind spot for both Mom and myself. So, um, we're excited to read that, and I hear it. I know, The Hating
1: Game I bought a long time ago on my
0: Kindle, and Ellen said, don't read it, because we're going to do it for the podcast, so... Yeah, we'll totally do that for the podcast, because it's, it's a really good one. Um, so anyway, I hope that you guys like that lineup, and that you're excited to read along with us, and, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about those books, and we'll hope to hear from you. And as always... Send in your recommendations. We like getting recommendations. Yeah, because a lot of these are actually recommendations. So um, we're excited to read them. Um, Anyway, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. And we're back to talk about settings in romance. And mainly I got thinking about this with this book, Bittersweet, in particular just because... Um, It made me think about how... Because, like I was saying, the pacing, I think, felt deliberate, right? In that um, you kind of have this slower pace of life, even though they're always busy doing a lot of things, but kind of a simpler life with a simpler pace.
1: organic farmers.
0: Yes, you know. Um, So, it got me thinking about other settings that we see a lot in um, romance and how that kind of seems to dictate um a lot about the book. Uh I feel like we see a lot of small town romances and those tend to be a little more quaint and sweet. You don't see a lot of like dirty, filthy BDSM taking place in the small small towns. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. The BDSM seems really you know, <laughs> particular to the big city romances. Um so what were what were some things you thought about, Mom?
1: Well, I was thinking like um, the Jill Shalvis series that I read that took that takes place in San Francisco. Oh, am I yeah. saying her name
0: right? Jill Shalvis. Shalvis. Yeah,
1: that's right. You're right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that one was really interesting to me because I'm pretty familiar with the setting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, there were a lot of things that I'd say, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've been there," and then there were things that I was like, "That's not quite."
0: well and that one's interesting because it has a very like small town feel to the to the tone in a small area yeah but it's this it's very particular to this neighborhood where they live in san francisco which is a very big city and very big metropolitan area um so yeah that one is an interesting example
1: but um but it was fun kind of to read about stuff that i was familiar with
0: yeah I think, um, you know, your big city romances, kind of like I was referring to, tend to be kind of the more, like, sexy, sex-in-the-city type books. Well, the Knitting in the City
1: series is Chicago. Yeah, that's true. But then from that, you know, we go to the Winston Brothers in Tennessee.
0: Um, You get a lot more in the big city, though. You get a lot more of the billionaire playboys and... Um, kind of more of the like workplace romances Um, and I just feel like the city romances tend to usually be like sexier than some of the like small town books
1: I've probably read more small town ones than I have first of all I have a limited contemporary yeah that's
0: true because moms only started reading contemporary fairly recently well let's talk about historicals with historicals, you you were t- mentioning that. Well, with
1: this Joanna Lindsay series, a lot of them are um, on ships. I mean, the yeah. last like four books have been all on sea voyages of some sort, and it's interesting when they're on the ship. <laughs> well, first of all. No one can go anywhere because they're on a ship. So, yeah. you know, they, there's... So there's certain things that come along with that. Yeah. Um, also, the girls don't seem to need to be chaperoned as much as they are. Maybe it's just this particular family. I don't know. But, um, you know, there's more hanging out with the guys kind of thing. And Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of a different feel than some of the other also, settings.
0: Um, when we were th- talking about this, I thought about... I met Tessa Dare once at a signing. Um And I was telling her how much I loved the Castles Ever After series and how, like, I loved Spindle Cove, but I really loved, you know, the books that were in the Castles Ever After. And I was asking her if she was going to write any more of them, and she's like, probably not. And I was like, oh, really? Why? And she said, I found, with that series, I restricted myself too much because I was putting them in these kind of faraway castles where the only place they could go was this one castle and I couldn't have them going off and doing much. And um, I thought about that with the historicals and how you know how much we love like the road trip books because there's a lot of situations that arise. Mm-hmm. You've got small carriages, right, and then small inns where there's only one room available, <laughs> so
1: they have to share a room, pretend
0: like they're married. Yeah. Um, and then you know with historical you also have like the Scottish Highlands which kind of gives a certain wildness to the setting right and the guys tend to be a little more wild and yes yes they do um and then some other genres i was thinking about um eyes of silver eyes of gold yeah. by ellen o'connell with the wild west Wild west and I like how those books we too. talk about we talked about with that book um that you know, they're kind of similar to the farm, you know, setting that we just read with bittersweet. It's they're always busy doing stuff because there's lots of stuff to do. And it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, but like, kind of the simpler pace of simpler life lends to kind of a different tone. And they're to they're not out
1: eating at big fancy restaurants like you would in the city, or they're not. Uh, you know, there's just when they're out in the country there's there's more big family meals and yeah you know even with the Winston brothers we had a lot of that too with the big family dinners and everybody sitting around the table and you know you you don't always get all that with the city books
0: yeah um so yeah just that you know or I've read I don't know if we should read like a a sci-fi romance sometime because we haven't done that before but I've read some where it's, you know, kind of dystopian future and how that kind of also dictates some of, you know, you've got life and death type situations that seems to ramp up some of the sexual tension. So um, just mainly we just wanted to talk about this to kind of explore a little bit. how. Well, I think
1: we loved the setting in Bittersweet. Yeah. I think that was one thing that made us think about that. And then, also, we've mentioned before that we did a trip to England. And when we did our trip to England, we didn't... We spent a couple days in the city of London, but really our favorite parts were not in London. Yeah. And we went to Bath, but we also went out to the... The
0: Cosmo. country. Yeah, the, like, smaller villages. villages and the farmland and kind of more of the peak district. And, right. Jane Austen fans will be familiar with. <laughs> and we loved
1: driving around out in the country and how gorgeous it was out there I mean it was so pretty it
0: makes you wonder like why the heck they came out here or
1: why why would they leave
0: this why would anyone leave this
1: country to go to vacation in in America (laughs) we don't have anything that's this pretty but um I guess we have other stuff that's pretty we're just used to seeing it but um so you know but it gave us we went to Hyde Park we went to different places well like and this was
0: kind of before mom had been reading i had not read
1: any romance yeah you hadn't
0: read any romance when we went so when we were going to hyde park and things like that i'm like oh my gosh i'm like living my regency romance <laughs> dream. dreams dreams because they're always <laughs> going to hyde park and they're always going to On the serpentine and yeah so anyway
1: but anyway so it all kind of fits in and now that we've been there we're able we're able to visualize some of this countryside and, yeah and some of these you know carriage trips that they take that take days to get anywhere and yeah but um anyway we just felt that the setting of this book was so important it was almost like a character in the book the way that you know the the farm and and just the seasons changing as they talked about you know because it goes from summer to august
0: to november or something yeah
1: and um you know, they talk about the colors changing and, and that. And, and I've lived back East and, and seen some of that. And it is glorious when those colors change. But uh, just we felt that that was an important part of the story.
0: Yeah, and and just that. And then thinking about how that seems to kind of dictate a lot of the tone of just a lot of books in the genre. And, you know, how... You know, small town romance in itself is like an entire subgenre of romance, I think. There's like a whole thing. Well, you were talking about your Hallmark movies and about how they always... I've read, I've seen at least three or four movies where the plot is big city girl goes to a farm where she has to buy up land or something like that and then realizes that she likes the simpler way of living on a farm which is basically this book. Um, I mean, I've seen at least two of them where it's Christmas tree farms. Because I'm very familiar with the Christmas Christmas line of Hallmark movies. Um, But yeah, so that was kind of what we wanted to talk about with settings in romance. Um, Let us know if you've thought of any other settings that you particularly like. And the effect they had on the story. Yeah, or if you want us to read, you know, a certain setting genre that we haven't read Um, anyway as always thanks so much for joining us again if you would like to join us for Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean you know snatch that book up and read it with us quickly, so... We're excited. There's a lot of books coming out this summer we're yeah. really looking forward to. It's romance novel season. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes or you can, or Google Play or you can find us on Twitter at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mom. Welcome, Ellen. Fun hanging out with you. Yeah, even with the finger
1: gestures, you still love me. Yeah, I, I will point out that I... Gave no finger gestures. <laughs> well, and that, that's that true. was exclusively you. <laughs> so well, you exclusively, ex- exclusively deserved them, and well, I did not. I'm always sweet and
0: charming. That's the first. There's the first for thing where you're the one giving the finger. And I'm not <laughs> anyway, so we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.